Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with eXp. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love that start off, don't you? Especially the, you know, tearing through the screen thing. So creative, that that Jesse. Um, Welcome, everybody. This is week two of five covering uh, the buyer presentation. The goal was and is to just have a few different people show you how we each do it and have you kind of rip off and deploy and create your own out of it or plagiarize it completely, whatever works best for you. So my name is Ed Lane. I am a broker in uh, the Seattle market. I've known Jesse for 15 years. I'm also with EXP but I've only been with EXP for, uh, what, 10 months now. So super excited to participate in the Agent Power Huddle and, and show you guys kind of what I do and what I've been training brokers to do literally for close to 20 years. Uh, we're talking buyers and buyers is a good thing when your goal is now business, because even though we're in a seller's market, it's absolutely behaving like a buyer's market. We had a, a, a mastermind last week and we were just sharing stories so that everyone in the room could hijack those stories when talking to buyers who are sitting on the fence. And so I'll just share one with you guys so you can do the exact same thing because now is a great time to buy and we're gonna cover my uh, buyer meeting and buyer presentation, but I'll just share with you a deal that closed last month for a client of mine. They had a front row seat for the shift so in April, they were writing offers literally 200 grand over asking. And then we closed last month, 180 grand under asking. So that's the difference when rates move 200 basis points. That's the impact that a buyer can enjoy because sellers are panicking. So enough about that. Hijack that story if you want. You can tell people I was in a mastermind and I heard this or whatever. Uh, so what do we do when we get a chance to meet with a buyer? Well, on my team, step one is we always have a face-to-face -face meeting. Uh, we can do it over Zoom and have been doing it over Zoom of late. So that's basically how I'm going to give you guys this presentation today. Uh, we have two goals of that meeting. Number one, and the primary goal is to build rapport. Number two, get an agency agreement signed. And if you saw last week's uh, presentation that Jesse gave, he talked about his barbecue clause. Yes, I'm going to rip off and deploy that into my presentation, but it's not in there today. I just think it's friggin' brilliant. So if you haven't seen it, watch the video from last week and uh, look for the barbecue clause. So when we leave our offices to head to a meeting or uh, are getting ready to meet with a buyer, we have folders that are prefab and constructed. So the first thing I'm gonna do is just show you the contents of that folder. And then I'm gonna walk you through the conversation that we have with the buyer when we get in front of them. So I'm gonna share my screen. 
<clears throat> that's me looking at myself. Actually, that's me forgetting that I did not post the uh, social media for this agent power huddle. <clears throat> so as you can see by the file name, this is the right side of the folder. And this is the left side of the folder. So I'm just gonna walk you through real quickly the contents and then we'll dive into the ones that we spend time on. So the, the first page, we call it our requirements and nice to haves. This is the fuel for the rapport building and I'll come back to that. Then there's a map that's just straight out of the MLS by uh, MLS areas. So if you're dealing with somebody that's new to the area, you might use that. We tend to, you know, most of the time the consumers know, hey, I wanna be in this school district or whatever. We have a blank purchase and sale agreement. So we have the PSA and we have a couple of the more common addenda, the inspection addendum, as well as the financing. And that is to fuel a conversation, which I'll get to here in a minute. So let me go back to the beginning of that one. And then on the left side, we have our VAP buyer addendum, which we created, our cancellation guarantee, which we created, and then we have the actual buyer agency agreement that we're going to have them sign, which is two pages in length. And then the next 31 pages, if you can see the page count, is a resource kit that we give to them. So uh, I'll show you what's in it real fast, but we, we actually don't go through it item by item. We just tell them what's in here. So we have our perfect purchase guarantee. What that is, is we'll, if your home's not perfect, and you'll hear me go through the script later, uh, we'll sell it for free and we'll help you buy a new one. Conditions of that program, what to say when you go to an open house, an easy guide to home buying terms, your FICO score, easy guide. Sorry, I got that out of order. Uh, and then the law of agency is the last six pages. So we are meeting the state's requirement that we deliver the law of agency. And we are good to go. Now, if we're gonna meet them in person, what I do is I take these first three documents, which is a total of four pages. They're always on the top of the left-hand side and I pull them out of the folder and I put them into my briefcase or laptop bag separate from the folder. And I actually do it, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see, you'll see a video on it. I do it so that when I pull it, pull the folder out of my laptop bag, the documents are next to it, but outside of the folder. And I set them down on the table, desk, or wherever we're meeting so that those pages are face down and the consumer can't see them because I want their attention on me and our conversation. And I want this information to come at a time when I'm scripting it, right? I'm controlling my environment. So we sit down. Nice to meet you. Appreciate you coming in. Usually when we book this appointment, it's because it's a lead that's responded to some sort of offer online of priority access to off-market properties, short sales, REO, builder closeouts, and other types of motivated sellers. They can't help but say yes to that. And then we get them to agree to a meeting. We use the universal callback script, which is actually quite similar to Jesse's. We can cover that in a different uh, video or a different training. But that's that's how our ISAs book appointments. So this is where the appointment kicks off. Once we sit down, I open the folder, I pull out the requirements and nice to haves, and we just dig in. These these are meant to be criteria that I'm going to gather, but also fuel for a really deep 
conversation. And the posture you want to have in this conversation is one of an inquisitive nature, right? I want to know everything about this buyer. Why do you think that is? Well, their most favorite topic is themselves, right? So the more I can learn about them and the more I can talk about them, the more they're going to like me because they think I like them. Does that make sense? So when I'm doing this, the front of this sheet is just chock full of notes. I know everything from where they work, their kids' names and ages, their dog's age and breed. I know everything, right? And it's only because as we're talking about their requirements for the home, they're saying, well, we need a fenced yard. Oh, why is that? Do you have a dog? Yeah, we do. Oh, awesome. I love dog. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to be inquisitive and I'm going to ask questions as we kind of go down those trails. And I take notes on everything. The other thing I tell them is, this is a first draft, right? Requirements are nice to have are dynamic. And I tell them, you know, this form and these notes I'm taking are going to evolve over time as we look at more houses. And what this is going to do is help me see those homes through your eyes, right? And that's how I can better serve you. But one thing you're going to learn is something that you consider a requirement today could become a nice to have tomorrow because you're finding that they're fairly abundant or something that was a nice to have becomes a requirement because you find that it's kind of scarce and you really, really want it, whatever it is. So by the time I'm done, I've covered the front of this sheet and more than likely written a bunch of notes on the back of the sheet as well. Because I'm not joking, man. If, if you tell me your kids in high school, I'm asking what college they want to go to. I mean, I'm looking for anything and everything that helps me understand and know them better, but also make a connection, right? Because if they go to a school that one of my kids went to, that's a bond that we would have just as one example. So have an inquisitive mind. Once we're done with this, I go, uh, I'm going to stop my share so I can open up the presentation itself. I go to my laptop. Now, when I left the office or if I were in a Zoom meeting or whatever, I am going to uh, have the, the presentation already open so that I can just open my laptop and wake it up. And I will share again, which as you can tell, I didn't do here today, right? So I, I literally have my laptop asleep. And then when I finish the requirements of nice to haves, I open it up so it wakes up and it wakes up right to this screen. I go, now what I'd like to do is show you our VIP buyer system. And I, I, you'll see right here, it's 36 slides. I only ever show the first three or four and you'll see why, right? So I go, I'm gonna show you my VIP buyer system. The first thing, you already know this, renting is stupid. You're gonna pay someone else's mortgage, may as well pay your own. Like. Whatever I understand about their financial situation, I, I will be complimentary and brief on this slide. If they're a first-time home buyer, then we'll dig in and talk more about it. But usually, uh, they already get it, even first-time home buyers. They're like, I'm tired of renting, right? You know, why is now a good time to buy? Well, there's a massive transfer of wealth going on, right? And that's something that you can sit on the sidelines for or you can participate in, right? And, and in this slide, we would talk about the current market. 
well, I've heard it's a terrible time to buy because rates have gone up. No, that's actually not true. They did go up, but that doesn't make it a terrible, terrible time to buy. They're going to go up more. You should hurry up, right? So uh, we'll talk about the market there. Then I go, uh, are you familiar with agency? And they'll say, you mean like uh, buyer's agent and seller's agent? Yeah, exactly. Or they'll say, no, I didn't know. You know, And I'll say, did you know there's two types of agency? And then they'll say, no, I didn't realize that. Well, the seller's agent, I want you to picture him as like a superhero standing on the lawn with a cape to defend the seller, right? Anytime you're driving down the street and you see a for sale sign, that's his stake in the ground. And his job is to sell that home for the most amount of money with the least amount of repairs, right? A buyer's agent, which is what I do, at least in this conversation, I'm a buyer's agent, right? What I do is my job is to help you buy it for the least amount of money with the most amount of repairs. And then what I'll add is, you see, my legal obligation is to protect your interests, right? And they'll, they'll be reading this. And a lot of people don't know what a fiduciary duty is, right? So I use the words that they would understand. My legal obligation is to protect your interests. Does that make sense? And they go, oh yeah. And then this is the closing line. So let me ask you this. If you had the opportunity to have free professional representation paid for by the seller, so it was free to you, would you rather have that or go it alone? And I drop my voice down an octave and I and I make it sound almost creepy, right? Go it alone, Wah. right? So it's distasteful in their subconscious. And they go, well, I guess free representation is better than going it alone, right? I wanna paint an image of like desolation and you know, the, the skeleton of a coyote on the desert and with vultures circling around, that kind of scene in their mind. And they say, no, I, I think I'd rather have the free professional representation. And I go, great. And I hold my hand out to shake their hand. Super stoked to be working with you. And then I close my laptop, which I'm not going to do here because then you guys would disappear. Right. So I, I shake their hand. I close the laptop and then I go back to the papers that I pulled out and set aside, which I have too many tabs open right now. There it is, right? So we did that. So now I'm pulling out these three pages or four pages, three documents, right? And I, I start with the cancellation guarantee. So this is actually stacked one page out of order. So I go, Hey, the first thing I want to show you is our cancellation guarantee. What this says is that you can fire me at any time, but please don't fire me. This is how I feed my family. And I make a joke and I get them to smile, right? Humor is the great icebreaker. Please don't fire me. This And, and I say, and no, no one's fired me and you're not going to be my first, right? The key to this form and why it's so powerful, it puts the pen in their hand, right? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to initial it right here, and I'm gonna slide it across the table if we're in person, and I'm gonna hand them a pen. And then they look at me like, am, am I supposed to sign it? I go, yeah, just initial it right there. And they do, 
Now the pen's in their hand as we move forward, right? Then I take it back and I fold it in half and I jam it in the back of the folder. And I go, I'm going to put this in here so you don't lose it. Uh, maybe so you can't find it because you're not going to fire me, right? And then we giggle and, and we move on, right? Then we go to the VIP buyer addendum. And I preface it like this. I go, I call this our 12 promises. You see the MLS agency agreement doesn't go deep enough into guaranteeing all the service that we're going to provide you. So we crafted this addendum and we've attached it to the uh, agency agreement. But we call it our 12 promises. And then I walk through the 12 promises and I tell them. We're going to assist you in securing the best financing. We're going to provide you regular updates. We're going to arrange a private showing. We're going to find you a property you like, discuss the best strategy to get it. We help you prepare an offer, blah, 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 right? And I go through all 12 of them in paraphrasing and brief, you know, but I want them to get the gist of each of them. A lot of these are things that every agent does anyway, right? But no one puts it in writing and no one guarantees it, but we do, right? Then we get to the bonuses. I go, one thing we're going to do is we're going to give you a free home warranty. We're going to perform whatever due diligence we need before we buy it to make sure it's the perfect house in the best condition we can. But then what if something breaks after closing? All right. And we use the um, blender from Costco analogy. You know, hey, if let's say you bought a blender from Costco and it, it broke on the first day. What would you do with it? Oh, you take it back. Right. What if you closed on a house and the furnace crapped out on you on the first day? What would you do then? Then they'll they'll make a joke. Can we take it back? Right. And the answer is no. But because we've given you this warranty, you can get a free warranty. And I qualify it and I say, you know, they charge about a $75. Think of it like a copay, right? They'll charge 75 bucks to come out and confirm it's dead. And then they'll put a new one in for free. That's pretty cool, huh? And they go, yeah. And you give us that? Yep, absolutely. We give that to all of our buyers, right? Bonus number two, the perfect purchase guarantee. So this, this is the first time they would have heard of that. I showed you guys the form when we went through the kind of the contents of the folder, but this is the first they've heard of it. And this is how we present it. I go, the next thing is our perfect purchase guarantee. And what that is, is if, if we help you find a house, right, it's going to be perfect for you. But then let's say a month later, a rock band moves in next door and they're blaring loud music at all hours. It's kind of no longer perfect, right? Well, in those instances, if for any reason you decide that the house is no longer perfect, I will sell your home for free and help you buy a new one. They're like, really? And more often than not, as we're going through this, people are like, I've never heard of that, or no one does that, or you guys are awesome, or whatever, right? The third one is our cancellation guarantee, which is if, if for any reason, you know, life changes. Sometimes we work with folks that have every intention of buying a home and then something happens and they, they are no longer interested. My hope would be that whether you buy a home in the next three months or 30 years, that we work together whenever the time is right. Does that make sense? And they go, yeah. And then I go, now this, this last section down here is about our compensation. And so our compensation is 4% plus 595. And all this language says is that if the seller's offering less, you would agree to allow us to attempt to negotiate it. 
And if it's more, you get the difference. Does that make sense? And they go, oh, okay. Sometimes they'll go, is that normal? Sometimes they'll go, shouldn't it be three? Sometimes, you know, whatever they're going to say, right? My response is is normally going to be some version of, well, there is no normal or there is no usually three, right? That's actually illegal. That's collusion. And so every broker will have their own fee and ours is four. And they're like, okay. So then we go to the agreement, right? We never use the word contract. What I say, because think about this, right? 95 plus percent of realtors do not use an agency agreement. And the reason is they're fearful that the buyer is going to refuse to sign it. And the reason the buyer might refuse to sign it is because they don't want to be handcuffed to an agent. Well, you got to just turn that around. And how do you do that? Well, you say, this is the agreement that holds me accountable to deliver on those 12 promises. And they go, oh, I want to sign this to, to lock in Ed, right? The, this is the agreement that holds me accountable to those 12 promises I just made to you. I just want to draw your attention to a couple things. And then if everything looks good, I'll have you sign it. I draw their attention to the length of time, which is we we default to 365 days. If they go, God, is it going to take that long? No, it's not going to take that long. We just don't ever want there to be a situation where this might be expiring while we're trying to write an offer and we got to worry about both. Because it's cancelable at any time, we just push it way far out into the future. Does that make sense? They go, yeah. I go, and then this is uh, our 4% plus 595. And I draw their attention to the part where it says, shall be paid by the seller. And I circle it or I underline it so they can see that, right? And that makes them feel at ease. And then I show them how on the last page, we've added the VIP buyer addendum to make it part of this agreement, right? That's, that's the them handcuffing me part. And then I slide it across the table to them if we're in person. If we're doing it on Zoom, I go, do you have any questions? Because once we're all finished on Zoom, I'm going to send this to you to review and to sign electronically. And then I shut up, right? If I've slid it across the table, I shut up. If I tell them I'm going to send it, I've, I've said, I want to see if you have any questions because when we're done, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then I shut up to at, see if they have any questions. I can tell you uh, agents that I train get these signed about 75 to 80% of the time after 10 or so attempts, it bumps up to 100% because they just get better at demonstrating value and, and giving a, a compelling value proposition so that someone would want to sign it. Because think about it. What's their, their, their total exposure or risk? If they feel any risk at all, if they feel any risk at all, then I've done a terrible job, right? But if they feel any risk at all, it's, it's 365 days but cancelable immediately, right? So they sign. And the, and the only people that 
like balk at it are usually investors who uh, are hoping to work with seven or eight brokers, right? And they just are hoping to add you as one of them and they don't want to sign anything that would be exclusive. And in those instances, that's when I do the takeaway close. I start scooping up my papers if we're face to face and I go, you know what? Maybe this just isn't a good fit. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Why do you say that? Well, I only have a finite amount of time to help people. And I choose to use that time to work with people that want to work with me. That's all. There's no shame in your strategy of having eight people. The problem with your strategy is those eight people have access to the same pool of houses. I have that same pool of houses plus all of our off-market homes, and they don't. That's the difference. So what would you prefer? And usually I'll get them from refusing to sign to coming back to signing. Does that make sense to everybody? I'm going to stop sharing. And I'm going to open it up to questions because the from there, it's you got to shine, right? You just got to do a kick-ass job for them and help them find lots of houses. And uh, we can do a whole nother training on how there's there's four sources for houses, right? On-market, expireds and canceled, uh, off-market, and, and then, uh, sorry, uh, distressed, and then off-market. And then when you're talking to buyers, you want to give those in reverse order, right? Because they want to, they all know how to get MLS houses. They don't know how to get the rest. Does that make sense? Yeah, Ed, I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. So Please. my VIP buyer agreement looks a little bit like yours. Uh, we have a 495 fee, but we assign that to the buyer in our agreement unless we can negotiate it because... Of course, for the last three years, negotiating that from the seller would have been impossible. So are you finding that you can negotiate that 4% 595? Are you redirecting it at the end or just accepting that you may not get all of it? You know, great question, Hunter. Uh, for a long time, we were collecting it up front. So we'd get a check from the buyer at the first meeting. And then uh, we kind of found a lot of the agents that we were training weren't as good at it. So we told them, stop trying to get it. Let's just get it from the seller at closing. And then, yeah, of course, over the last 24 months or so, we weren't getting even 4%. But uh, getting 4% plus 595 is is definitely on the table right now and probably will be for a while. Okay. And so you're just straight negotiating it from the seller and finding that successful and not worrying about getting it from the buyer, given how hard the market has shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could do what you described. We just haven't been. And, and I don't intend to, if I can get it from the seller, I don't need to get it from the buyer. Right. With the recent uh, commission disclosure changes in Washington, we've shifted to something uh, just like what you've just said. That way, you know, we'll, we'll just accept whatever the seller offered commission is in the MLS. Um, but then we're still assessing that 495 fee at closing to the buyer. Um, but but finding that they're willing to accept it as long as it's at closing, because then it's rolled in more of a closing cost. Yeah, that's I, I should take a look at that because that's definitely more palatable. And for those of you not in Washington, they basically uh, have shifted all of our forms so that the selling office commission is 
shown in the purchase and sale and agreed to by the buyer and seller. And that scared a lot of people and even driven them out of the industry. And we did a training last week on my team. And I was like, this doesn't affect us at all because we've always disclosed it. We've always put it in writing and we've always gotten the buyer to sign it. So it's business as usual. Now, uh, the market can dictate whether you can get more money or not. But one thing, and Hunter, probably you say this as well, I'm sure, you know, I'm, we always tell the buyer, we're never going to let our commission stand in the way of you getting the perfect house, right? All we're doing is saying, give us the chance to try to negotiate it with the seller. Because, you know, more often than not, the seller's not offering for, and we have to uh, negotiate it. And we do. I mean, I'm sure you've negotiated a free commission for great reviews and several referrals on the spot once or twice before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end, we're business owners, right? So we can we can negotiate whatever we want. Within I'll take other forms of currency as currency. Exactly. Exactly. What other questions do people have? And how many of you are either have always gotten buyer agency agreements signed or are planning to going forward because the change in Washington is coming to your town too. You know, it's all born of the class action lawsuit that was started in what 2018 about um, sellers thinking they're getting the shaft. So if you haven't seen it, you will. Look at that, 8.30 on the button. <laughs> if there aren't any questions, we can pop off. Oh, there's the link. Thank you, Gian, for uh, Jesse's version from last week, where you can see the barbecue clause. But you'll notice in his, his cancellation agreement looks eerily like mine. All right, everybody, we'll have an awesome day and an awesome week. And uh, to those of you headed to Vegas, I will see you tomorrow. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.